you turn with me to John chapter 11 and verse 1, just the beginning of the chapter, we find the story of Lazarus. And the Bible says that a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Skipping down to verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. John felt it necessary to remind us that love acts and operates in opposition to the way that we think it should sometimes. John stopped up in the middle of the narrative to remind everybody, now Jesus loved Mar Martha and her sister and, and Lazarus. He loved them. But sometimes love allows things that we don't always understand. Sometimes love allows things that catch us off guard. And sometimes love allows things that, that frustrate us and confuse us. And, and we, we get angry and we question God. And we... Sometimes love does that. I mean, I'm not... I'm not advocating any abuse. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about an agape love. I'm talking about a love that surrounds us and pushes beyond our barriers and our boundaries. I'm talking about God's love this morning. He loved them, but the Bible says when Jesus, even though he loved them, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was and that's where confusion comes in and and that's where misunderstanding occurs and and it's in those places in those seasons that we have in our life when God's waiting to act the way that we want him to that we begin to question him and we begin to we, we begin to think well he doesn't care about us he doesn't love us I don't even know if I believe that he can do what he said he could do. I don't know if I believe that he's really for me. I don't know. I don't, it's in those seasons of time that are, are so treacherous and so confusing. But can I just encourage someone, if you're in the middle of that season this morning, hold on because we're about to have a breakthrough in Bethany today. We're about to see God break through in a way that you never allowed him to or observed him do before. Something still happening behind the scenes. He abode two days still in the same place where he was. He loved them, but he sat still. He loved them, but he allowed his hands to remain at his side. He, he loved them, but he didn't act in his uh, divine ability. He, he loved them that much that he waited. And then after that season of time, he saith to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. Let us go into Judea again. Father, I thank you for the promises that are right there in your word. And often, God, we tend to overlook them when we need them the most. And God, we tend to miss it when you're wanting to speak. So I ask this morning, that's why we pray. Give us ears to hear. Because, God, the ears we've got won't work for what you want to speak today. The ears we've got won't hear what you're wanting to say. So we pray, God, give us the ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to our church this morning. God, I'd ask that you'd release someone from the stronghold of doubt and sorrow that they're in right now. 
I pray, God, that you'd release somebody that's locked up in a cavern of doubt right now. I pray, God, that the word that's released in the next few moments would bring light into the midst of that dark place that they're walking through right now, God. Prepare the way. It doesn't even have to be spoken by me, but God, if it's released by you, that revelation, I ask that God, it would allow someone to leave different than the way that they came, that they'd walk out different. God, knowing that you're for them, not against them. God, that you've heard them. God, you haven't been deaf. Their cry hasn't fallen on deaf ears, but God, your arm, your mighty arm is prepared to act on their behalf this morning. So God, I pray that we'd hear that in the supernatural realm when the enemy would like to lie to us and and God he allows his voice to echo among the voice of those around us I pray that you'd silence his voice and allow us to hear your voice this morning that ear God that spiritual ear I sense it opening in somebody's life right now I pray God that you'd restore it like you did for Malchus put it back on somebody's mind put it back in somebody's spiritual ability allow them to hear what the spirit is speaking This morning we pray, and with the church just shout amen. Come on, shout amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for being with us. It's known as the divine dichotomy. It's that division from what we would believe and understand about God. We are wired for life. We're wired to understand that we want to live forever. I'll admit, this morning I read with some confusion. It wasn't in my notes. It's still not in my notes. But, but I read with some confusion about uh, a lady in our nation that uh, chose assisted suicide, assisted death, made, they call it, medically assisted dying. And, and I was somewhat confused as I read about the last week that she chose to have with her family. And, 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 and a part of me was confused, number one, because that's taking uh, the hand of God and putting it in your, taking your hand and putting it over God's hand. I, I'll just tell you this morning, that's none of our responsibility. That's none of our duty to do. God is the author and the finisher. That's who he is. That's, that's the God that we serve. If, if that's a hot topic, allow me to give you uh, my opinion, which I believe to be the word of God opinion, that, that God, he's the author of life. And he also lets us know when, when this finishes for us. That's, he's the author and the finisher, not only of our faith, but of this day that we have. It's appointed. There's an appointment that God has for your life. So it was with confusion that I read the story about the last week that she chose to live here on this earth. And, and how the time that she spent with her family and, and that her son, who was a doctor, he said it was a very difficult week. Well, yeah. It's difficult because... We're wired to live. We're wired to, to understand and, and that desire to have moments together. And, and, and I'll, I'll just say, so it's a bit of a divine dichotomy when, when we look at God and we understand that God is a God of life. But not only that, he's a God of death. We don't like to understand dying. It's difficult for us. But yet God allows us to see both sides of who he is through scripture. Not only that, but he allows us to operate on both sides of that ability. In Proverbs 18 and verse 21, he said, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. He, he said, you've got the ability to speak life. You've, you've got the ability to love life. He said, operate in that ability. Love what God 
that gift that God has given you, the death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, and I, that's why I love service. We come together and we begin to declare about the greatness of God. We begin to declare the ability of God. We begin to pray. Why? Not because we want everybody to know, to know everybody's problems, but because we want everybody to know that there's a God that's greater than every problem. Because we want everybody to understand that God can do it. That God can heal. That God can turn it around. That's what we want people to know. It isn't just going through the motions. It's about saying, hey, while we're focusing on the greatness of God and while we've taken a minute to put God back on top of his throne in our lives because the world tends to want to push him out of the way. They can, but in our minds, they, they, they just want to move God away. But in a moment like this this morning, all of a sudden things have cleared up. The smoke's cleared away. The clouds cleared away. And we see God for who he really is. And in the midst of that moment, we begin to say, here, here's what we need to know. God can do it. God can heal. God can deliver. I, I want to speak life this morning to somebody today. God can perform the miraculous, Brother Bigger. I believe that God could touch you right now while we're beginning to declare the ability of a find God that we begin to speak life brother and sister McDonald God can do the miraculous this morning I believe it brother Larry Carr God can do the miraculous come on anybody believe it in the room anybody just want to say we've heard enough about death already I want to declare the power of life brother Larry I want to speak it God can this morning God can. God's a healer. That name we sang about is greater than every struggle. It's greater than every problem. We may as well just pause in the middle of preaching and say, God, we declare your ability today. We declare revival in our world. We declare restoration in our world. We declare revival in our church. Why? Because the power of death and life are in my tongue. So I'm going to declare God's great ability this morning. Woo! Come on, you don't even realize that, but you just hauled off and gave the devil a black eye because you're saying, I'm seeing God for who he is and I'm declaring it today. I feel chains breaking in the room this morning. I feel like the tombstone is beginning to roll away from somebody's tomb today. Why? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. I feel life coming in the room. I feel life flowing in the room. Come on, it's your choice today. Moses told Israel, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. I've got the ability and the authority to make a declaration today. I can live and my seed can live. My generations following me have the opportunity to live if I choose life. So I'm choosing life. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But he came, why? That we could have. Come on, that, that's it. Just let it flow. 
Life is flowing in the room right now. Choose it, choose it, choose it. That's your choice this morning. That's it. That's a mom getting, come on. That's intercessory prayer. That's somebody saying, I'm choosing it right now. I'm making the conscious choice. I'm making the decision right now. It's not death. It's life. I'm choosing life. I'm choosing future. I'm choosing promise. I'm choosing blessing. Ah, put it before me. I'll tell you what I'll pick. I'm going to pick life. I'm going to pick life even if it costs me something. I'm going to pick life if it's something I've got to lay down. I've got to leave my past behind. I've got to leave some stuff in the baptismal tank. That picture of death up there. I'm going to pick that and choose life. I'm going to die to my old self. I'm going to die to my will. I'm going to die to my intentions. I'm going to die to my plans. I'm going to die to Jack Lehman today. Why? Because in that place, I get to choose life. It's a choice. The Bible's a bloody book. It can be overwhelming if you're brand new and you start in the Old Testament. I'm sure that you begin to ask yourself some questions. What in the world have I got myself into? The word sacrifice is just a, brings such a negative connotation in our world. The idea when you read through about priests that would sacrifice animals and pour their blood out. And it's, ugh. what in the world? Why? It's a, it's a bloody book. It's a book that declares the cost of sin and it deals with the reality of the price tag of sin, the sacrifices. It's all so that sin can be atoned for, so sin can be paid for. But it's in the midst of all that mess that Jesus shows up. And that New Testament, it's new because it does away with all that old covenant. It does away with the picture that was given about what he could do. In the supernatural realm, what he could do in the natural realm, that his life was going to be the sacrifice that would pay the ultimate price for sin. And so Jesus broke the barriers of both life and death. He entered through the door that said no entrance, and he left through the door that said no exit. He came in through a virgin womb, and he exited through a borrowed tomb. Why? Because he wanted everybody to know that that dichotomy about God being life and death, that he's able to overcome them both, that God manifest in flesh. He was, he's, he's the God of the great ability, that he's greater than death. He has authority over it. He overcame it. And he has the power to release people from it. He wanted someone to know I'm greater than every impossibility. And it was in that place of Bethany where Lazarus lived, where all this went down. We talked about it. We just read about it. Lazarus was sick and then Lazarus died. And Bethany was where Jesus said, let's go to Judea again. Bethany was known as the house of figs. If you look at the significance of figs in scripture, you know that it was fig leaves that Adam chose to cover his nakedness in the garden. It was figs that were symbolic of fruitfulness. They were frequently used as a metaphor for the spiritual state of Israel. And it's this place of Bethany, the house of figs, where Jesus and his disciples are summoned. And while he waits, Lazarus passes and then he says, come on, let's go into Judea again. Someone say again. I'll remind us what I've already spoken once today, that we all want life. 
the will to live is always present with us. We aren't meant to understand death. Our only instruction in scripture is to pray for healing, to pray for health, to pray for restoration, to pray for deliverance, to pray for blessings, to pray for benefits, to pray. And God changes those things around. It's the stories of the miraculous that occur through the gospels because God wants us to know he's greater, he's able, he can, he will. And yet God, with his wisdom at times, allows us to walk through the painful valley of the shadow of death. We've journeyed that valley together this month. We've suffered a great loss with Brother Raymond Woodward Sr. And we're still sensing and feeling the reality of that sorrow on our team and certainly his family. Our prayers are still with them. And it's difficult, a season to walk through in the valley of the shadow of death. But it was in the midst of that season that they were walking through that Jesus, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. Can I remind us that death for the child of God is different? That in the midst of the difficulty, there can still be glory. This sickness is not unto death. It isn't to glorify death. It isn't to give death credit or kudos. It isn't to say the ultimate triumph goes to death today, but rather that somewhere in the midst of that season of sorrow, God says there's a glorious opportunity that he can be glorified in that moment. Because God still retains the opportunity to speak glory into the midst of the most difficult season that we walk through. And if there's anything that we can take away from the story of Lazarus is that we believe, we know, because Martha said he shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't have died if you just been here. But Jesus says you're missing the opportunity that I'm presenting. You're not seeing it the way that I see it because this isn't to glorify death. This is so that you can understand that I am the resurrection and the life. You see, in the midst of doubting deathful circumstance, God can still show up and make us to realize that he is the author of life, that in the midst of that circumstance, that he is the resurrection and the life. Can I remind us that there is no, no resurrection until there has been a death? There is no resurrection if there's no death. And so we'll never know him as the God of resurrection, the God of resurrection power, the God of resurrection authority, the God of the miraculous if we never walk in miracle territory, if we never walk in difficult death-filled seasons, then we'll never get to know the God of resurrection power and resurrection authority. But sometimes when God allows us to walk into that difficult season, it's because he wants somebody to know, oh, I am the God of death and I'm I'm also the God of life. I'm the God of authority. I've got authority over death, hell, and the grave. And I want someone to realize today, whatever season of sorrow you're in right now, God is bringing life into this room today. Sorrow shakes us, but it's not to destroy us. Why? Jesus said it. Let's go again. 
I want someone to know Jesus is coming again in this room this morning. You say, oh, God already showed up and he didn't do what I wanted him to do when I wanted him to do it. Can I remind you? It's not, it wasn't so the enemy could get the glory. It's so that you could understand that the glorified Christ has power and authority over death. Resurrection power is ready to come only when you walk through that valley of the shadow of death. I'm telling someone today that God showed up this morning to let you know He has resurrection power today. You may not have understand the, understood the weight. The circumstances look overwhelming and impossible. Somebody say impossible. But that soul this morning, for that person, for that individual, I have a declaration today. Jesus is coming again. There's about to be a shout in Bethany. Praise is about to break out. In Bethany, dancing. It's, it's morning right now. It's difficult right now. It's sorrow right now. It looks like we lost the showdown with death right now. But somebody today, hear, hear the voice of this young man. <laughs> Don't laugh that hard. The psalmist said it like this. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. That only happens if you walk in a season of sorrow. You'll never know God like that until you're in that place where you don't know what's happening. Where you don't understand what's occurring in your life. I don't have time this morning. I, I'm just thinking as I'm preaching about personal illustrations and stories. I remember when my mom called me. My dad had been ill. But she called and said, you got to take your dad to the hospital. I took dad to the hospital. That night we got stopped by the police. I was driving too fast. But it was emergency situation. When he got to the window of, of my car, he took one look in. When he saw my dad, he said, can you drive fast? I was like, get out of my way. So he put, put the lights on and we flew to the hospital as fast as we could go. And when I got there, they came out to the car. He radioed ahead, put oxygen on. My dad took him in and, and oxygen kind of stabilized him. But what we didn't know at that time, in that moment, in that season, was that his heart had just given away. Endocarditis, flesh-eating disease in his heart, just kind of ate everything out of the inside. And so while the oxygen was helping temporarily, his heart couldn't move blood to the rest of his body. And, and so what I perceived is just... Uh, you know, the circumstance turning around for the better and that he'd be better. I, uh, you know, I stayed with him for a few hours and said, Dad, I'll come back in in the morning. Left him there right after I left him. Just a short time after that, Dad began to just, everything began to let go. Everything just kind of just began to, his heart couldn't do the work that it was supposed to do. And they, you know, they bring, brought him upstairs. My mom called me that next morning and said, Jack, they're calling the family in. They, they've already lost your dad once and went back into the hospital. And I remember going to that door. I was there before the rest of my family. I remember getting to that door and the door was shut and I said, I'm here to see Victor Liam. They said, I'm sorry, you can't come in right now. What I didn't know on the other side of that door is they had the paddles. They were working to bring him back to life. He'd already passed a few times at that point. And dad told me later, he said, dad was in a backslidden state, by the way. He'd been away from God. 
And there he was on that table. He said, I remember them working on me. And then he said, all I remember was the sound of a loud door slamming shut. And he said, I knew that I had died. They managed to bring his heart back to some place where it began to work. And they didn't understand what was happening and what was going on. But I remember going in. I remember laying over top of my dad. And I remember praying. Nobody else was there. There's no one else in the room. Nurses and doctors had already gone by. I began to pray that God could do the miraculous. I began to pray that God, if you just give him one more chance, God, if you just, God, if you just bring him back. I remember that. I remember that moment. I remember what it was like because I was walking. I was in the shadow of death in that moment. My dad didn't deserve a second chance. He didn't deserve the mercy of God. He didn't deserve the grace of God. But as we walked through that valley of the shadow of doubt I remember that God took our hand and as we begin to traverse through it yes it was doctor's help it was the ability of Dr. Forgy the heart surgeon it was the, 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 the professionals that were around and, and I remember that they came and they said you know we don't know how this is going to pan out we, we don't know how this is going to turn out but we watched as God performed the miraculous and in the midst of that season of death and in that midst of the season of doubt here we are almost 20 years later dad's still with us He's back serving God. Didn't take him very long. I'll tell you why. Because the God that we serve today is a God of death, but he's a God of life. He's a God of resurrection power. And I've come to let somebody know you may be in that season right now. You're on the other side of a shut door and you don't know what's happening. But I want somebody to know today. God can. God can. God can. God can. He's a God of resurrection power would you thank God with me I I just gotta take a praise break for a moment power and he loves you this morning you can insert your own name now Jesus loves you he loved Martha loved her sister and Lazarus he loved them and Jesus loves you this morning he loves Victor he loves Jack but he loves you I thank God for that. I, I hated walking through that season. But if there was ever a shadow of doubt in my mind that God could, it was erased. And I know that God can. I know that God can. So it's in that two days of waiting that Lazarus dies. We can come back to the music this morning. We love life. We're supposed to. There are some things that we need and that God allows to die. 
Has anyone else ever been in a situation like that where you know it was, it could only be God that turns it around? Anybody know what I'm talking about? In seasons like that, that some things die pretty quick. What would you promise God in the midst of the impossibility? What were you willing to give up? What were you holding on to that maybe a day before, hours before, moments before were so important, but in that moment where you knew, God, if you'll just, I will and you made some promises to God. I, I, I think God puts us in situations like that sometimes because things just need to die and God allows them to die. But not because he's a lover of death. He loves life. But he only allows those things to die because he wants you to know that he's the God of the resurrection power. It's in those moments where sin dies. It's in those moments when you're promising God, flesh dies, ambition dies, your objectives die, your presumptions die, your doubt dies. Doubt dies and faith surfaces in impossible circumstances. Why? Because every man is given the measure of faith. And somewhere on the inside of you, when everything gets stripped away and all you've got left to cling to is God, God shows up. And then, what was so impossible, you get a hold of the anchor, the steadfast hope of the soul, because you've got nothing left to cling to. You've got nothing left to hang on to. And it's in that season, in that walk, in those moments, that you realize, God, you're the only hope by God. God, you're the precious promise that will not fail. So let limitations die. Let doubt die. Let your biases die. Let your limitations die. And let God show up with a resurrection power. It was OCC. I'll just use a simple illustration from that. The building, we were so excited. Had to be God, been on the market nine months. Was still there waiting for us. We get it all prepared. We go through all the steps, board meetings, site visits, real estate agents, conversations with Pastor Mike was doing due diligence. He had all the boxes checked. He had all the questions answered. One day, he calls me the, was it the afternoon of? 4 p.m., the afternoon of. Uh... I'm like, you know, I'm waiting for, yeah, they're going to give us the building for 200000 Isn't that God? Yeah, they've decided they're just going to give it to us. Isn't that just like Jesus? We'll pay it off in business meeting tonight. Yeah, uh... Pastor Jack, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the building sold. It's like, what? 
The building sold. What building sold? Couldn't be that building. That building's been on the market for 10 months. Nine months. Couldn't be that building. And God just says, But here's what I know. That maybe God's just allowing that to die because he needs to release resurrection power. There's a greater miracle. There's a greater opportunity, Pastor Mike, Sister Kathy. There's a greater... There's a greater revival. Maybe, maybe that building was way too small. Maybe we were too limited in our vision. Maybe we were too limited in our, in, in our observation. Maybe, maybe we were walking as, as close to what we could. We were praying about it. We're, and so we prayed about it. And when we prayed about it, God said, okay, if you're praying about it, then I'm going to shut that door for right now. And, and you know what we've got to do? Oh, if Pastor Woodward, if you just done this quicker. If you had been here, the building would not have died. I think he's smiling behind the mask. I hope so. But I think in that moment, God's saying, well, watch what's about to happen. So I'll just throw this in there because I wasn't planning on saying it, but it just came to my mind. And so it's got to be God because my mind don't work that quick. So if you're holding out because we don't have a building projection as of right now, you might as well go ahead and get ready to give. You may as well go ahead and start giving because God's got a promise. It's already coming down the dusty road. Jesus is coming again. It's right there, Brother Bigger. Ah, come on. There's seed in the soil from decades ago that you planted. But I'm saying get ready to live. Get ready. See, see, see. There's revival in our city. There's revival in our province. There's revival in our nation. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. It's just a season. We don't like it. We can despise it. But get ready because he's about to cry. Lazarus, come forth. about six people that know what it's like to stay six feet away from the person nearest to them to stand up and say God can, God will God I'm ready in the midst of my doubt speak life in the midst of my death speak life come on you mourned just a little too early you stop just shy of the miracle because Jesus is on his way. He's showing up. Your ministry, your future, your promise, your hope. Come on, it's a season of doubt. It's a season of misunderstanding right now. But God's got this, Andrew. God's got this. He knows right where you are and he's speaking life.
in the tomb long enough. It's time for someone to hear him calling. It's time for somebody to hear him saying, Lazarus, come forth. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I wish there were just 10 people right now somewhere in this sanctuary that look down their row and say, God, I'm speaking life over our city. Someone speak to the empty pew in front of you and say, God, by your grace, you're about to fill it. By your grace, someone's coming to life. someone would just begin to pray in tongues I just wish someone would begin to make declaration come on death and life are in your tongue right now you're willing to speak it God's willing to do it There's a breakthrough in Bethany. There's a breakthrough, the stone. Get the stone out of the way. The words declared, get the stone out of the way. Get the, get the grave clothes off of that person, off of that saint, off of your future. Come on, get the grave clothes off. It's time to speak life this morning. It's time to declare resurrection power in the room. I hear it on the platform. I wish I could hear it from the balcony right now. I wish someone just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. With a loud voice. We're talking with our loud voice this morning because Jesus said, with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Somebody with your loud voice, speak to your promise, speak to your hope, speak to your future, speak to your family. Come on, coming out of doubt, coming out of death, coming out of impossibility, coming out of sickness.
I wish somebody would just lay something down, whatever it is that you're holding on to. Would you, would you lay it down long enough to let that die so God could call you into resurrection power and resurrection authority? I'll tell you what, my dad was never the same after that shadow of the valley of death. Never the same. But the reason some of you can't hear the call this morning is because you haven't died yet. You're saying like, you need me to go into the deck? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about dying to yourself. That's what repentance is. Repentance is laying your life down. It's turning around. You know what baptism is? You know why it's a picture of burial? Because we die to ourselves. If you haven't yet been baptized, you don't need a three-year theology degree to talk about baptism. You just need to understand that this old part of me needs to die so the new part of me can live. And if you've not yet been baptized in the wonderful, absolutely powerful, life-giving name of Jesus, then that opportunity is yours this morning. And so I'm waiting for a particular sound. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a particular breakthrough. In and I feel like it's here this morning. I felt like God told me he's going to do the miraculous in the room today. And, and I know it's 20 after 12 and somebody's tummy's rumbling right now. And all you can think about is lunch. But I wish you'd just forget about that for a moment. Because God's about to call somebody into a brand new level of life that you've never had before. Scripture says, the dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down in silence, they can't. But I tell you what too, somebody that's been called out of the tomb into resurrection power, there's a sound that comes along with life like that. Come on, Lazarus! Lazarus! 